Thank you for downloading this week's podcast from First Baptist Church of Lutz in Lutz, Florida. To find out more information about our church, please go to lutzfbc.org and look around. Hey, this month's conversation is around the prodigal son as our pastor unpacks this parable and looks at different character each week. Now, here is this week's message from our pastor. Church, today we are in the prodigal series. We're in our fourth and final week of the prodigal series. And today, I know you're saying, Scott, we've already talked about the the father. We already talked about the prodigal son. And we've already talked about the older brother. What's left to talk about? The church. The church. That's what's left to talk about is the church. The response of the church to the prodigal. The response to the older brother. That's that's what we're going to talk about today. That is our response as the church to this parable, to this story that Jesus shared with the religious leaders and, and those Pharisees. So, so here's our text today, Luke 15, 32. It says this. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. You know, Greyhound in 1995, did something. They started something. The Greyhound Bus Company started something in 1995 with the National Runaway Safe Line, an organization that, that, was, that works to get kids and youth connected back and brought back home and help them just define their identity again. They partnered together in 1995, and they decided that, hey, Greyhound will, dis- will give a free ride to any any kid or 21 under who has ran away from home. And so it was on the news. It's, it's a big deal. And, and they still do this to this day. And since 1995 till 2022, so far, every year on average, 400, 400 children come home. And this is not just, all right, they come home and that's it. They don't know. They put a whole plan together. The moment that they say, hey, I want you, you know, I'm, I want to come home to my parents. I'm ready to turn around. I'm ready to, to, to turn away from this life or I want to come back home. I want to be reconnected to my parents. This, this national runaway safe line, what they do and Greyhound, they work together to start to work ahead of time, weeks in advance of what's going to be happening when they get back home with both sides, with both parties. And in some occasions, they bring the family there to help bring the person back home. But they, and not, once the child gets back home, once the runaway gets back home, then they help over several months, even a year, of helping them get reconnected and help the family to stay united and so the runaway doesn't go back to that life again. And so that's just, I just wanna share that with you this morning as we get started. It's called the Home Free Program. The Home Free Program, and it's something that I thought about, man, when I thought about this whole prodigal series, I thought about this. This is more than just a ticket they're giving them. They're giving them hope. They're giving them this chance to, for restoration to happen. And so this morning, our main idea is this repentant, repentant sinner's life matters. A repentant sinner's life matters. And our key question that we're working through today is this. How should, how should FBC Lutz deal with prodigals? How should we as a church, how should we deal with prodigals? 
And we're gonna deal with, we're gonna answer this in four different points this morning. And our first point is this. We must reach our prodigals. We must reach our prodigals. We must reach prodigals. Verses 20 to 21 says this. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father, although he was still a long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion, and ran. And ran and embraced him and kissed him. And his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. We must reach our prodigals. Now think about that in this way right here. We must break down barriers and walls in this whole four-week series. We've been looking at this prodigal, looking at the father, looking at the older brother, looking at this prodigal. And in this, in, this, in this moment, as we were looking at this, the father, he didn't worry, he did not worry about the cultural barriers that, that tell him he is not to run towards his son. But instead, he, he reached out for his prodigal. He went after him. And I thought about that. The father, why did he go? Why did he go running after his son? Why did he go chase after that prodigal? Why did he meet him before he entered the town? Why? And, and as, as you heard me say over the series, it's because of forgiveness. It's because he had already forgiven his son in his heart already. And I share that with you today because of this. Forgiveness is the center of our relationship with God. Forgiveness is the center of our Christian walk. It should be. So it should not be our, the center of our relationship with other people. Forgiveness should be the center of our relationship with all people, that, that we're not holding grudges and, and, and all these different anger towards people. Well, they, well, they hurt me and they left. Do, are we not, do we not do that to God, though? Do, do, we, do we not choose sin over him? Do we not to choose to take steps to, to run away, to move away, to drift away from God? Forgiveness is the center. We must remember that our prodigals will have or do have wounds. They have, they have injuries along the way. As I shared in week one, prodigals realize that, that all decisions, good or bad, have consequences. All decisions, good or bad, have consequences. But we also need to remember that all prodigals think they can fix themselves. I got figured out. I can take care of this. I can figure it all out. I don't need anyone's help. And because of those two things right there, they're going to have wounds or injuries along the way. And, and that's birthed during that season. It's in that moment from their departure to a foreign land that, that they start to, to, have, to face these wounds, these moments of a pain and agony that they may hold on to. John 1.14 says this. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of what? Grace and truth, grace. So we must run to, to our prodigals. We must run to them when they start reaching out or turn back home. We need to run to them. We need to go to them. We need to welcome them back. We must bring, we must reach out to our prodigals. But I want to make sure we, we, you hear me on this is, I'm talking about forgiveness, but we must not cheapen forgiveness. 
Right? We must not cheapen the forgiveness. We must not cheapen it down. Remember, the father was looking for the son. Why? Because the father had already forgiven the son, the, the son for what he has done. We must not cheapen forgiveness. Forgiveness is a key thing. So how should we reach and respond to prodigals coming back? How should we respond to prodigals who are wanting to come back home or, or, or tur- start turning around and I'm telling you to reach for them, to go after them? How, how, do, we, how do we reach them? How, how do we respond to them? We must have a planned statement. We must have a statement planned of what to say when they do come back home. Not, what did you do? Where have you been? Not, that's not your planned statement. If that is, then let's, let's scratch that out. That's not gonna work, all right? A planned statement of, of son, daughter. Hey, I love you. And I know the choices you have made over the last several years may not be choices that, that you and I would, would want you to make. But there are choices that you have made. And I want you to know that when you, when you come back home, we're not gonna hold that against you. We're not gonna sit here and, and keep bringing it up of, oh, remember that day you ran away? We're not gonna do that to you. But once you know that as long as you're back home, we will always love you. And forgiveness is already, we've already forgiven you. And we want to restore our relationship with you. See, that's different. That's different than us. Where you been? What are you doing? We must have that. We must have a planned statement. But also, we must also plan for their response back. Because it may have some, some hate in it. It may not be as sweet as we, we want to hear. It may, be, it may hurt our feelings a little bit. But we must plan for their response so our face is not like, what are you saying right now? But instead of, okay, mm-hmm, I understand what you're saying. We must plan for the response, but we also must prepare our response back to them. Not to go back and, and compare of, well, you just said this. Well, I just, it's, we must plan for their response back. Whether it, we need to plan a response, whether it's good or bad, what they say to us. We gotta have response back to them. And then here's the last thing. We must show and present grace to them. We must show and present grace upon grace, upon grace on them. We must also, we must, we must, as we reach our prodigals, as we reach them, as they, as they turn around to start coming back home, our response as a church, our response as believers, our response as Christians is this. We must seek and ask God for wisdom. We must ask God for wisdom and guidance as we seek to reach and help prodigals come home. We must be praying also for our prodigals. We must be praying for them, be praying as, as we go through this and, and just praying for, for God to soften their hearts, for God to, to have them to turn around, for, for them to come home. Louis Zamperini, maybe you've heard his name. He's a famous, famous Olympian, but he also was a soldier, also served in our military. Louis Zamperini, a movie came out called Unbroken. There's a, a books about him. There's his, a lot of different things about Louis Zamperini. And what we know him for is that he spent 30 plus days floating in an open ocean. We know him as in the Berlin Olympics. We know that, that he ran there. We also know that, that he served, and maybe we don't know this, but, but he served as a prisoner of war. 
under a sadistic guard, a guard that who was out to hurt him physically and mentally. And that's what we really know him as. And every movie we see and everything we see, it, it ends there. It's all about this. He comes back home and that's where it ends. But, but, but let me tell you the story of Louis Zamperini. You see, when he came back home, his life was never the same again until he met Jesus. Before he met Jesus, though, let me tell you what happened. All those moments, all those memories, everything that happened to him, the torment, the, the, all those, those painful moments that he went through. He hated God. He wanted nothing to do with God. His wife went to a Billy Graham crusade, heard the gospel message, and brought home. But before all that happened, before, before his wife went to there, before his wife gave her life to, to the Lord, Zamperini would, would wake up and he would physically harm his wife because he thought he was in a situation and then he started having angry and he would, he would hurt his wife. There's moments where he was so caught up in, the, in his moment, in his vision of this PTSD that, that he at one point went to go after his daughter and his wife stopped him. He says this, that, that the moment, the moment that, that he gave his life to the Lord the moment he heard the gospel message, his whole life changed forever. He became an evangelistic preacher. He started telling people about Jesus. Bitterness and vengefulness is vain. It destroys us from the inside out and hurts those we love as well. Forgiveness is freedom. His wife forgave him. The family forgave him. He worked through this. He found forgiveness in God. Forgiveness is not something we can or want to muster up on our own, but forgiveness comes from God. And he received the forgiveness from God and his whole life was changed forever. And he lived to 97 years old and he continued to preach the gospel for the rest of his life. Which leads us to point number two. We must not shame and criticize a repentant sinner. We must not shame and criticize a repentant sinner. Verse 20, and he arose. He came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion, and ran and embraced and kissed him. The father ran to the son. The father ran to him. And I told you in week two, the reason that he ran the reason he ran was because he did not want his son to face shame. He didn't want critics to come up in the marketplace and say, you know what you've done to your dad? I can't believe you ran away. See, the father ran to save him, his son from that. He didn't want his son to go through that. We talked about that in week two. We as a church, we must not shame and criticize someone who has repented of their sins. Someone who has given their life to the Lord. We cannot and we are not, we, we, we will not shame and criticize a repentant sinner. We must not. We must not become like the people in the marketplace. We must not become like the people who were sitting there of saying, I can't believe what he's done. See, our, our mission as, a, as First Baptist Church of Lutz is this, is that we want to connect people to God. We, are, we cannot do that if we are shaming people for their mistakes. 
We cannot help people get connected to God if we keep holding their past against them. If we keep holding mistakes over people. Our God doesn't do that to us. Our God does not shame us. Our God accepts us. And so in this right here, our mission is to connect people to God. So how are we going to do that? How are we going to help a repentant sinner get connected to God? We're going to make sure that we share the gospel with everyone. We want to be an evangelistic church. You know, prodigals, remember, prodigals are people who don't have a relationship with God and have no interest in talking about things of God. And so let's just remember that. Or there are also people who have, maybe they've heard of God, but they've ran away. They don't want nothing of God. So very similar, but, but, but they don't want anything to do with God. They, they ran away. They're, they're done with it. So in this, we want to evangelize. We want to share the gospel message, but we don't want to end there. We're not going to just share the gospel and say, good luck with that. We're going to go, and we as a church, we're going to connect people to God through evangelism and then discipleship. We're going to disciple them. We want them to, to be not just hear the gospel message and not give their life to the Lord and not be it. We want them to grow. We want them to mature in their faith. We're not going to just throw them out to the wolves and go back, go back to, go back to every, go tell everyone you met along the foreign land, go ahead and share the gospel with them. No, we, we want to disciple them so they have roots to build their life on so that they can withstand criticism and shame from other people. So that in the Lord, they find hope, that they find growth, they find maturity, they find themselves walking in the Lord and walking in love. We're also going to help people connect to God through evangelism, discipleship, and small groups. We want our small groups, our, our Bible studies, we want to make sure people are, are in there, people are growing in there. Church, we cannot sit here and guess people's stories and, and people's, you know, everything they've gone through. You know, every person who walks through here, they are part of our family. I, I've said from day one, since I, I've stood on, up here, I wouldn't say pulpit, but this is table, but um, <laughs> since I've stood at this table from day one, I, I've said, this is our family. This is a family. This is, we're, this is a church family. And, and everyone I've talked to who has visited our church, they said, it, it feels like it's part of, I feel like I'm part of a family. It, it's a family in there. It's not a close-knit family that, that says, hey, you're not welcome to come into this. But we are close-knit as in we, we want to know each other. We build relationships. We want to be all in with each other. Whether you like it or not, we're a family. And we're all in. And we want to do life. And we want to grow. We're all in this together. We know God, the one true God, who loves, restores us, and heals our wounds. And we must run and protect every person who walks in here as a repentant sinner. We need to run to, to bring them in, bring them back home, and not bring criticism and shame to them, but welcome them back. Point number three, welcome home, a repent, welcome home the repentant. Welcome home the repentant. Verses 22 to 23. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and, 
and put uh, shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. Welcome home, a repentant brother and sister does not mean we ask him 21 questions. We don't say, hey, tell me everything you've done. I wanna hear all all of it. I wanna hear about the life you had. No, that's not our responsibility. That's not how we welcome them home. We welcome them home with open arms. We don't, I don't need to know your past. I don't need to know all your stories and, and all the struggles you've gone through. We don't need to know about the foreign land and what you did in that foreign land. We don't need to know about the pigs and all that. All we need to care about is that you're home. And every time a, a prodigal or any time someone who does not know the Lord walks into our church, we're gonna have open arms and we're gonna welcome them in here. We're gonna love them, we're gonna grow, we're gonna help them grow in the Lord. We need to be more concerned about welcoming people in than their story, their past, their decisions, and their scars. We must accept them as they are. God accepts them as they are, and also God accepted us as we were. Remember that. We need to accept people as they are because that's how our God accepted us. God accepted us with all of our baggage, with all of our this. And he said, welcome home. You're my child. You're a son or you're a daughter of me. We need to think with a kingdom mindset. We need to think about this kingdom mindset of of this whole we want, we want people to know about the love of God. We're not, we're not thinking about there's any other mindset without the kingdom. We're thinking about the, the God's kingdom. We're trying to enrich it. We're trying to grow. We're trying to help people to walk in God and to know God. We want every person to have a relationship with God. The welcome home is not about us. The welcome home is about them coming back to God. It's them coming to God. It's, it's them knowing God. It's them having a relationship with God. We want them to find or come to a God. We want them to, to come and to find God instead of worrying about what we think of them. We need just to welcome everyone just as they are. We need to help people who don't know the Lord. We need to help them to come to a season and a moment where they realize that they need to repent, that, that, that they need to, to turn from their old life and, and give their life to the Lord. We gotta help people to, to come to this and, and realize that, that, that in that, in repentance, we find grace. In repentance is grace. And, and until, until someone has that, that repentant lifestyle, the, the prodigal had to hear, Father, I've sinned against you. Right, Father, he has a different attitude. He has this attitude of, of, of recognizing and realizing, hey, I messed up. And until that happens, then, then, it, then a prodigal can experience the grace of God, completely the grace of God. I heard a story several years ago I want to share with you now, and, and it's, it's a story that... Um, it's a story I, I want to just, I wanna, it's from January 19, uh, January 16, 1978. 
It's a story of a, of a vice president here in the United States who passed away. Hubert Humphrey, his funeral was held on 1978, and Newsweek picked up this story. I'm gonna read it to you. Hundreds of mourners from all over the world came to say goodbye to a friend and a colleague in Hubert Humphreys. One guest that Humphrey invited to come to his funeral before he died showed up and he was shunned by everyone present that day. No one wanted to look at this man, much less speak to him. The man they were shunning was none other than President Richard Nixon. The former president had endured the public humiliation of Watergate and had stepped down from the presidency four years earlier. This was the first time that Nixon had returned to Washington since his resignation. Something incredibly special happened that day, though. Perhaps the only thing that could have broken the ice for this humiliated former president was when the current president, Jimmy Carter, arrived. He noticed Nixon standing off on one side alone. Carter at once greeted the disgraced leader and stuck out his hand. To everyone's surprise, the two embraced and Carter said, welcome home, president, welcome home. I'm not sharing that for any political reasons. I share that this morning because that is two opposite sides coming together. It's the welcome home, president, welcome home. I love that because for us, that, that should be the attitude we have when someone comes in here. Welcome home. Welcome home. Your past does not matter in this moment. You're home. Come as you are. Come with all of your baggage. Come with every skeleton in your closet because God is here and he accepts you as you are and so will we as a church. And we will love you. Point number four, probably my favorite point, by the way. We must celebrate. We must celebrate. Luke 15, 32, it was, let's go to verse 24 first, though. For, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. Verse 32, it was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is now found. Celebrate. We must celebrate. When someone goes from death to life, we will celebrate. Not that we should. No, we will. As a church, we will celebrate that. How are we or how will we celebrate? Well, you know, you know your pastor has already shared that he loves celebrating that. And you know what I would like to do? I'd like to have a, a big party and, and a big celebration. And I realize that may be not always able to happen. So how should we do it? Well, it's gonna, it needs to happen in our small groups and our Bible studies here. We, we need to have a, a celebration, a party, when a classmate or a family member of a classmate comes back to the Lord. We need to celebrate that. We need to, we need to go all out. We also need to, we're, back, we're going to budget season. We also need a plan. We need, also need a plan to celebrate. You know, every year that, that I served as a student pastor, every year for 19 years I served in, in student ministry, every year my budget had celebrate. And I always got brought in. What does celebrate mean? 
Celebrate means that I wanna see someone, I'm gonna have a party when someone goes from death to life. What are you gonna have? Name it, donuts, cookies, ice cream, I don't know. It was a season I put a lot of weight on, but you know what, it was a great season. <laughs> we need a plan and budget for, for celebrations. Not if, but when they happen. We need to see it happen. We will rejoice and be glad. We are to be a church of the redeemed, restored, and former prodigals. So we must celebrate with baptisms. We need to celebrate. And when someone, is, their old life has died, their new self has risen up in Christ, we got to celebrate that. We must share and celebrate God's grace and mercy on people. Here's, here, as I conclude, will, are you, will you celebrate with me? Will, will, will you as a church, will you join me in this celebration? Will you join me in, in this moment that we welcome home the repentant sinner, that we welcome home prodigals? Will you celebrate with your pastor? Will you celebrate in your Bible studies? Will you celebrate in your small groups? I pray that we will be a church that is known for celebrating Lives being transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. So here's my, here's my, here's my conclusion. Here, here's our response. Is, is God calling you home today? Is God calling you here today and you're saying, hey, hey, pastor, what are you saying? I'm asking you, is God calling you to, to, to give your life to him today? Is God saying, hey, you know what? Today's the day I want to give my life to the Lord. If that is you today, I want you in just a few moments, I'm gonna be standing down front, I'm gonna invite you to come down here and talk to me. If you're in this moment and you're saying, hey, pastor, I've given my life to the Lord, I know all of this, I'm with you on this, but what's my response? What should I do? Let me tell you what we as a church or what we as individuals, because you say, well, I don't know a prodigal. Our response is that every person who walks in here, we need to make sure they feel at home. We need to make sure that every person in our church who maybe has a family member who is not walking with the Lord, we need to be praying for them. Not, hey, I'll pray for you, but actually on our knees praying for them. Praying for for them to be restored, praying for them to come back to the Lord, for them to come to God, maybe for the first time. Our response is that we need to be praying that God would put lost people in front of us so that we could share the gospel with them. I have a prayer journal. My prayer journal, it, it has our staff, our leadership here, our, all of our small group leaders, my family members, and just people I'm discipling, people I'm mentoring and then the final category is the unsaved. And the first person on it, I'll tell you who it is. Scott, you probably shouldn't share this. No, I am going to share this. The first person on there is person X. Who's person X? The person I may meet today. I don't know who they are yet. But it's the person I'm going to meet today. God, give me the grace, give me love, and give me the chance to share the gospel of person X today. That's my prodigal I'm going after. 
Every day, we gotta be prepared to go and share the gospel. So in this moment of response, let me just say this, is that if God's calling you to give your life to him today, come down here and meet with me. Come down here and let me, let me just talk to you about and tell you who Jesus is. If, if, you're, if you're not in that category, I, mean, I wouldn't challenge you in this moment to, to pray for someone to come in your path for you to share the gospel with. Maybe, maybe you're a family member. Pray for them in this moment. I'm down here. If you want to come down with, and talk to me and I'll pray over you and pray over your family or I'll pray for a family that you know of. I'm here. Or maybe today you're saying, hey, pastor, this is, this, I've been visiting this church for a little bit and today I'm ready to join this church. I'm ready to join. I'm ready to put my membership here at First Baptist Church of Lutz. I know what they're about. I know what you guys are about. I know what you stand for and I'm going to be part of that. In this moment, I'm gonna be down here also. Come down and talk to me and let me pray over you and let me just welcome you home to First Baptist Church of Lutz. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for this moment. Thank you for this moment, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that, that, that we have seen already these, these last five months, Lord, we've already seen people go from death to life. Well, we've already seen baptisms happen. Lord, we're thankful that you are a God who doesn't judge our past before you, but you're a God who welcomes us as we are. As a God who loves us, a God who, who wants a relationship with us, a God who walks with us, a God who talks with us, a God who meets with us. And today, Lord, I pray, Lord, that, that we'll see someone give their life to you in this next moment. I, I pray now, Lord, that, that we will see people come and, and to on the altar and pray for person X or, or pray for a family member or pray for a neighbor and their family. Give us the boldness, Lord, to walk in you. Give us the boldness to share your love and your grace. And lastly, Lord, I pray that if someone is coming and say, hey, I'm ready to make First Baptist Church of Lutz my home, my church. Lord, I pray over that right now. Lord, I pray, Lord, that in this moment they'll come down and talk to me right now. Lord, however you choose to work in this moment, may you work, may we not leave this place, Jesus, until you have moved and had your way. We praise your name, amen. Hey, thank you for joining us. If God is speaking to you and you want to respond to today's message, please message us at tech, T-E-C-H, at lutzfbc.org. Hey, also follow us on Facebook and our podcast. Hope you have a great week.